this in here right here. We're gonna get into the words. So grab your Bible. It's 7.50. I'm the preacher encouraged me. He told me, he said, uh, I know it's kind of last minute notice. He says, I want you to preach, encourage the people. He said, but don't feel like you have to preach very long or anything like that. I don't think it's gonna be very long at all tonight, but I am prepared. And uh, tonight's gonna be a Bible study. We're gonna jump into Psalms 115. Psalms 115. So turn there if you will. But I do wanna pray before we even get started. And I wanted to make mention of this. I went to the back when I was, I forgot my own birthday. And then I took the candy bar back there to, um, to Moses. And Hannah gave me this little note. She got a text right after services started from, from Brother Stacy, Stacy and Miss Krista. And Brother Stacy said, um, he asked me if I, would, if I would mention his mother, Vera Jarvis. She's currently in a nursing home, and they got contacted today by the, by the um, nursing home. Today they reached out to Brother Stacy, and, and they said, could you come over? She's apparently not doing very, very well. And so they went over today, and um, he just wanted us to mention that to the church, and so the church can be praying. And so I'm gonna call Brother Looney, you think you could take us to the Lord um, and pray about Miss Vera Jarvis, Brother Stacy's mother, and then also these situations, pray for our mission's emphasis and our desire to get the gospel across the world, and then also the Word of God as we look into it tonight. We're going to read our text tonight, Psalms 115, and you see on the screen there just the simple title, Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is Jehovah. Tonight's going to be a Bible study, as I mentioned before. So Psalms 115 is going to be our text. We're also going to turn a few other portions of scripture and things like that as we truly study the word of God tonight. And I hope it's a blessing and an encouragement to you. I'm thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ tonight. And we're going to understand a little bit more about who he is and who is our God and what does it mean in our lives. And so let's read together Psalms 115. The Bible says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. Verse number eight says, they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, that's you and me, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Verse number 12, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and Great, we're gonna finish the chapter. We're in 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth, and forevermore, 
Praise the Lord. Why don't we read verse 18 together? Verse 18, all together, here we go. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. You can have a seat. I'm gonna pray again just for the preaching of the word of God and then we'll jump into a quick Bible study. God, we thank you again for the opportunity to be, Lord, in your house. We thank you for this inspired, amazing, and errant word, Lord, that we hold tonight, Lord, in our possession We're thankful, God, that the spirit of heaven is within us this evening. And because we're gathered in this place, God, you are here. And Lord, we ask humbly, but we also ask boldly that you administer to our hearts, Lord. As we break open the bread of life, may it speak to our minds, quicken our hearts, and draw us closer, Lord, to you. Jesus, we ask these things in your name. You truly are Jehovah God. You are our rock. You are our savior. You are the one in whom we place our trust. We look to you tonight. We depend upon you fully. I ask specifically, God, that you would strengthen our hearts, that you would give our minds attention to your word tonight. Lord, it is powerful. It is quick and it is sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to pierce, Lord, our soul and divide our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Thank you that, God, it is alive. Thank you that, God, we can trust and believe in its power this evening. Lord, tonight it's not my goal or my desire to entertain the minds and hearts of men, but it is my desire to yield myself completely and wholly to your control and allow you by your spirit to do the work you desire in our hearts. Lord, we lend ourselves to your word tonight. I ask that your power, your truth, and an understanding of the person of Jesus Christ would awaken our hearts afresh and anew to a life of passion, a life of service, a life of excellence in your name. God, you've died to give us life. You are our God. We place our faith, our hope, our cares, our worries, our desires, our very lives in your hands. Be with us, God, through the next moments. I pray that, God, you'll receive glory and honor and praise for you are worthy. Your name is above every other name, Jesus Christ. It's in that name, God, that we have salvation. It is in that name, God, that we have healing. It is in that name and that alone that we have power to overcome addiction, power to break the chains of sin and shame. God, I pray, I pray, God, earnestly and passionately tonight that we would look to you and fall on your name this evening. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. By the power of the blood of Christ, strengthen this body, work in this community, preach the gospel to our world. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, quickly. Amen. We're going to look at Psalms 115 tonight. And I told you, it's going to be really a Bible study. And it truly is going to be a Bible study. I don't have a lot of points tonight. Don't have a lot of um, flashy stories or or illustrations. We're going to look into the Word of God. and, And as I pray, genuinely, my desire is that we as God's people would look into the Word of God and be changed and challenged, not by what I say or how I communicate or something that I do tonight, but truly what the Word of God can do for us. I'm challenged this evening by by the book of James, and it tells us as the people of God to look into the Word of God that it's like a mirror. 
And when we go to that word, that it shows us what manner of men and women and boys and girls we are. It shows us who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's all, as God's people, and I know you wouldn't be here tonight if you didn't have that desire, but let's arrest our minds tonight and look into the word of God and allow the spirit of God to show us what kind of people we are, to show us who Christ is, and allow that truth to challenge our hearts and change us. Psalms 115, we're gonna begin again with what it says. I'm gonna read verse one and two. The Bible says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But verse number three says, but our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. This is a psalm that was written. We don't exactly know who penned it, and I tried my best to study it out. We don't exactly know when it was written. It's one of those psalms that's a little bit abstract in its history, so we don't know exactly the context of why or when or even where it was written, but it doesn't really change the message or the purpose of the psalm. We do know that it's a part or it's a group of a, of a few psalms that were that were quoted and that were stated during Passover. And so as the nation of Israel would do this feast, the feast of Passover, the different days and the different things that rituals that they would go through, they would take these psalms, this one and a few other ones, and they would read them and they would quote them. This is one of the ones that they would read. And it starts in the beginning by making a declaration that glory, power, authority, might, and dominion does not belong to us. The very beginning of the chapter is very humbling and it's very sobering because it just simply says, not unto us, O Lord. And then he repeats it, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. We serve a God tonight who deserves glory. He deserves praise. He deserves honor. He is the one that is worthy of all praise not us. And I know in our society, we were watching, Hannah and I were watching just a little snippet of a video and, and it had a little political um, side to it. And I, I was watching about seven minutes of that video and, and thinking about the person that was commenting and the person was making some statements about their life and analyzing some of their beliefs in the past and kind of how they've evolved in their thinking and things like that. And I was watching that video and, and that person used the personal pronoun, me or I or or us, and they were talking about themselves, and I watched it, it was a nine minute video, I watched seven minutes of it, and it was, about, it, was, it was about all I could take, because literally, I was sitting there, I was watching that video, and the person, and, and sadly, it made my heart just ache, but I listened to them while they were talking, and they just continued over and over and over and over and over again, kept making reference to themselves. Me, and I, I've struggled with this, and I think this, and I have this opinion, and I, I think that, and I, I have this problem. And you know, I always thought when I was growing up, I had this thought, and now that I've matured, and I have, I have this thought. And it was seven minutes of nothing but them. And it's kind of where we live in our world today. The overarching theme is we're very aware, we're very concerned, we're, we're very, very we notice in our world all the things that, that impact us, all the things that revolve around us. And if it's not careful, if we're not careful as the children of God, we'll even begin our Christian journey with us at the center, wondering what God can do for us. And even our prayers sometimes can revolve around us. And I'm not really gonna spend a whole lot of time here, but the reality of this Psalm is that glory belongs to God alone. 
God is unique among the gods. He alone deserves glory. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. And it would do us all good to remember, do us all good to acknowledge that there is no good in us. For all have sinned and come short of that glory, the glory of God that's revealed in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. He alone deserves glory. We are sinful beings, people dead in our own trespasses, dead in our own sins, but glory belongs to God alone. There is only one God who is self-existent, and eternal. And that's what, the look, look down at the passage, it says in verse number one, not unto us, and then it says this, O Lord, O Lord. And what that really means, if you study it out, O Lord, it's a title for God. He's referencing God, the one true God, Jehovah God. He's saying, not unto us, not unto us. Glory doesn't belong to us. Glory belongs to Jehovah. Jehovah God, O Lord, and then he says this, but unto thy name give glory. Thy name, the name of God. The name of God, the character of God, the person of God. Makes me think of this portion of scripture, and if you will, turn there with me. Exodus chapter three. We're gonna look at two portions, two verses. Exodus chapter number three. We're talking about the name of God and how glory belongs to God Alone, Exodus chapter three and verse 13. The Bible says this, and Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. They shall say unto me, what is his name? Moses says back to God, so when that happens, what, what do I say? What do I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. The beginning of this psalm acknowledges a truth that among the children of men, there is not one that deserves glory and praise for we are all sinful. But there is one God and one God only that is worthy of all glory and all praise and his name is Jehovah, Lord of the ages. We see specifically what that looks like in the story of Moses. Moses has been out in the desert. He's been wondering about He's been hiding after he left Egypt and he's been out there 40 years. All of a sudden, God appears to him in a burning bush. God has a desire for his people, the nation of Israel. Moses, as we know, is gonna be the choice of God. He comes to him and he says, I want you to go to your people and tell them that I'm your man and then you go to Pharaoh and tell them to let my people go. I'm choosing you. I'm looking to you to be my messenger. That was what was happening. And so Moses has this exchange is what we just read. Moses says, okay, uh, that's a pretty steep deal. And they kind of argue. They go back and forth. I'm not sure that I'm your man. Give me a helper. And I can't talk well. And excuse after excuse after excuse. But finally, he comes to the realization that, okay, I'm going to do this. So then the final question is, okay, great. So when I go to the nation of Israel and I tell them that I'm your man, who do you want me to, to say sent me? Basically, what he's saying in modern English is, what authority do I have? I'm just a man who was raised in Egypt and now I live in the desert and I'm gonna run up to the nation of Israel and I'm gonna say, God's chosen me. 
to set you all free. And I'm gonna run to Pharaoh and I'm gonna speak over him and he's gonna deliver us all. I'm just a man, God. And so when, when I go, they're gonna say, right, yeah, okay, nah, I'm not sure that that's really gonna work. So whose name do I come in? Whose authority do I walk in? Whose power do I move in? And that's where we see the name of Jehovah God. I am that I am. I am. And many people say, what? I am what? I am fill in the blank. I am hope. I am him. I am healer. I am God. I am savior. I am king. I am friend. I am whatever you need me to be. Oh Lord, like we said, it's Jehovah. Jehovah is the personal name, the personal name. And then all the adjectives come along with Jehovah. Jehovah is the reality that there is an all-sufficient God who is eternal, whose home is in the heavens, who is not, he's not like other gods. He's not like you and I. He's above everything. Oh Lord, Jehovah God, the great I am. Revelation twenty two thirteen at the end of the word of God, it simply states this, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That which was, that which is, and that which shall be. Our God, the God that they were singing about in Psalms 115, and the God that we serve is a God unlike any other God. He is a God who sits alone in the heavens. He is Jehovah God. He is self-existent and completely eternal. It means that he didn't need anybody's help to put him into existence. He was here before anything else was, and he will be here when nothing else remains. Our God stands alone above everything in this world. He is God. I am God. There are over 1,000 titles or names for God in the Bible. Yet there is one name, one title that is above every other we're talking about the name of God, so I want you to flip. I told you it's gonna be a Bible study, so turn with me to the New Testament. Philippians chapter two, verse number nine. We're talking about Jesus, our Jehovah. They were singing, they were talking during the Passover. They were rehearsing the reality of Jehovah God, the nation of Israel, this God who's not like other gods, this God who deserves glory and praise, this God whose home is in the heavens, this God who is Jehovah, this God who is I am, this God who is the beginning and the ending, this God who has spoken everything into existence. This God's name is unique among all other gods. Philippians, Philippians chapter number two, verse number nine. The Bible says this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. It's talking about Jesus Christ. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of, let's say it together. Jesus, say it together again. Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory 
of God the Father. I came here tonight to remind myself and to remind the Calvary Baptist Church that there is a name that is above every other name that has ever been mentioned, that will ever be created. That name is Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah God. He is the great I am. He is the beginning and he is the ending. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the first and the last. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ has a name, the only name that exists high above the heavenly sphere and exists down here where we can comprehend it just as well. A name so sweet on our ears that it softens this world's hardest blow. But a name yet so powerful that no demon can stand in his presence. We have a God tonight and his name is Jesus Christ. And that God is unlike any other God. May our faith be renewed tonight. May our confidence be encouraged and strengthened. May we find ourselves challenged by the simple reality of the all-existent, all-eternal, unmatched reality of Jesus Christ. He's not just our personal Savior. He's the King of the world. Everything that we know and everything that we see came from his breath. He exists above it all. And one day, and maybe very soon, at that name, every knee will bow and every single tongue will confess that he is Lord of all. Jesus Christ, our hope tonight is our God. He's unlike any other God. Flip back over to Psalms 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. What name? The name Jehovah God. The name Jesus Christ. They didn't know then what we know now, that the fullness of the revelation of God has entered the world. And it's Jesus. He's perfectly revealed himself in Christ. The God they were speaking of that's unlike any other God is the God we know as our Savior, our hope, our rock, the author and finisher of our salvation, Jesus Christ. What shall separate us from the love of God? Tribulation or persecution or famine or distress or peril? None of these things can remove us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. I want us all to be encouraged tonight that our faith does not rest in a political figure. Our hope and our salvation is not anchored to this shifting and changing world. But we stand today on the rock of all rocks. Jesus Christ is his name. He is unmoving. He is almighty. He spoke this world into existence. He is the creator, not the created. We worship him and we adore him. He alone is is worthy of glory. Give him 
glory, praise God with your life, with your time, with your talent, with your thoughts, with every fiber of your soul. Worship the God of all gods. Because we see three through eight, four through eight, that's our God. That's the God who's worthy of praise. That's the God and, and that God's name, Jesus Christ, the great I am, who's unlike any other God. But look at what they say, four through eight. I'm gonna read it real quickly. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. These idols, these fake gods, these false gods, these, these gods who exist in our world that people worship, these gods who, who are crafted and created by man's imagination and man's hands, they do exist in this world, but they're not like our God because they were created. He is the creator. Those idols, those gods flee from, avoid, because they have mouths. Some, a, a, great, a great carpenter created a mouth on an idol made of wood, but it can't speak because it's not alive. They're silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. It's pretty sobering. And I hope that reality rings in our heart tonight that yes, it's cause for glory, it's cause for praise, it's cause for rejoicing, but there are millions, and may that sink into our mind tonight, there are millions across this world who do not know Jehovah God. They've never heard of the power of Jesus Christ. They've never seen his hand come over them and break a chain of sin. They've never felt the power of addiction flee at the mention of his name. They've never had their sins washed away by his precious blood. They don't know what it's like and they're captured and contained in a life of idolatry, a life of living deceit. Deception, confusion, the systems of this world, like a never-ending assembly line, produce idol after idol after idol for our amusement and our worship and our deception. I'm not gonna even go there tonight, but we could spend a lot of time. No, in America, we don't, we don't worship the same way they did. Contextually, literally, in that culture, they actually did create physical idols. They would look out and see an alligator in the river and they would craft something out of gold or dirt or sand or wood in the shape and a form of an alligator and put it up somewhere and bow down and worship it. The foolishness of that is, is crazy, but their minds are dark and they don't know. But well, we don't do that. If I went to most of our homes tonight, I wouldn't find idols made with man's hands, physical figures setting up. But, but, but if we're not careful, there are idols. They're everywhere. They're in our minds. They're in our hearts. They sit in our living rooms. We allow them to consume and control our lives. Idols! Idols that we bow to. Idols that we worship. Idols that we give our focus to, our passion to, our energy to, all of our resources. They steal our life. Really, that's what this is all about. An idol is nothing more than a counterfeit God. That's all that it is. It's a fake, false God. We could name them by the thousands. There are fake, false gods all over. And it burdens my heart that many of God's people are caught up in modern day idolatry. 
No, not physically bowing to a carved image of Baal, but every day passionately pursuing a life of sin, caught up in behavior and issue that it's nothing more than idolatry because we have not given our allegiance and given our focus and given our devotion to the one God who is above it all. If we're not there, then we're here. We're serving idols. We're living out the day that God has given us the talent that he has bestowed upon us and we're using that if we're not careful. We're using that to do nothing more than serve idols. Anything that's stealing our attention from God, anything that we're serving, anything that we're loving more than God is idolatry. And, and I, I, wish, I wish I didn't have to, to say that in my humanity because it sounds like horrible news, but, but tonight we're looking into the word. We're, we're opening the mirror and we're saying, God, speak to me. Let me see, let me understand your glory. Oh, help us at Calvary Baptist Church. Help me, help us all to personally see afresh and anew our God, high and holy, above this universe, worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. Verse number nine. We're gonna keep going. Verse number nine, O Israel, here's the command. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. In this psalm, the simple response to getting a clear view of God, a clear view like Isaiah, like Isaiah got. In the year King Uzziah died, he also saw the Lord. How did he see him? He saw him high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The, the, the Bible says that the, the temple literally quaked at the presence and the holiness of God. Isaiah was there and he physically saw the earth around him tremble at God's glory. May we, as this New Testament church at Calvary, right here in Union Grove, may we feel and experience and desire again the holiness of a righteous God who is above it all to stir in our hearts so genuinely that we feel the earth around us quake and we say, God, you're alive, you're real. I'm gonna trust in you. Verse number nine, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. But then listen to this. He is their help and their shield. I'm gonna take just a little bit of time right here. The Bible says help, help. He is, why should I trust in God? Why shouldn't I just continue living the life the way that I want to be caught up in idolatry and just kind of float through this existence? And God's not really worthy of actual praise. God's not really worthy of, of complete and total abandon and, and devotion and a, and a life of surrender. But that the text says, no, trust in God. Don't trust in idols. It's foolishness to allow ourselves to be deceived by idols. Trust in the Lord. Why? Why? God, not just in heaven, commanding us to trust in him for no reason. He's good to us. And that's what the Bible says. Oh, Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help. He's their help. The word help there means come to aid. It means to come to our aid. And another word that it means, and we're gonna tie it in later, is the word sucker, sucker. It also says this, he is our help and their shield. Why should we trust in God? Well, he's our help and he's our shield. Shield means to build a fortress or to surround. 
The idea that the psalmist is, is conveying here, the idea that we're trying to understand as those who fear God, those who acknowledge Jesus Christ as Jehovah, those who say he is God, unlike any other God, he alone stands above all of this world. I'm gonna give my allegiance to him. I'm gonna passionately pursue him because if I'm not careful, I'll be caught up in idolatry, living and sowing seeds to the flesh. And in the end, I'll regret my life. What does it look like to trust in God? Why should we trust in God? Because he's our helper. Because unlike those false gods who do nothing but take from you, remember they have mouths, but they don't ever speak. They have ears, but they can't ever hear not one single prayer. They have feet, but they never move. They never do anything but take from you, steal from you, But Jesus Christ came into this world to give you life. He is your helper. He is your sustainer. He is a shield for you. He has built a fortress around you. He is your protector. He is your provider. He is your God. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I don't know what you're dealing with right now, but... Trust in the Lord. Very simply put, trust in the Lord. But I just got news from my doctor that I've got four months to live. Trust in the Lord. But I just lost my job and it's the only source of income that I have and I might lose my car and my house and and my children in the process. Trust in the Lord. I'm not trying to belittle the circumstances of life, but I, but I am saying when you trust in the Lord, then you get aid, then you get help, then you get a, a shield, and then you get a, a surrounding fortress that protects you and shields you and guides you and heals you. Oh, Calvary Baptist Church, may we once and for all, every single day, acknowledge that we serve Jehovah God. There is none like him. There is none beside him. This world preaches to us all day, every day, that we need to watch out and be afraid and be discouraged and have all the answers. But there's a God who's in heaven that says, I'm above it all. I created it all. And soon and very soon, I will come to redeem it all. So in the in-between, just trust me. Maybe your plans aren't coming to pass. Just trust me. And in your trusting, I will come to your aid. I will build a fortress around you. Sucker, the word I talked about, is assistance and support in times of hardships and distress. I want to turn to... Hebrews chapter number two. Turn over there, if you will. We're talking about trusting in God. Trusting in God, Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number two. Oh, let's let the word of God speak to our hearts tonight. We serve a God who is above it all. We serve a God who's unlike any other God. We serve the one true and living God Nothing is impossible to him. If we will trust in him, he will be our help. He will be our aid. He will be a shield for us in our life. Hebrews chapter number two. We're talking about how Jesus is Jehovah. Our God, our 
faith, our Redeemer is in Jesus. But they were talking about Jehovah God. Jesus is that Jehovah God. We know him. His spirit is within us. What does it look like? Hebrews, it talks about that. Hebrews 2, verse number 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. It's talking about Jesus. Everything in this world is underneath Jesus' feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. There's not one thing in this world, in your life, in your mind, that is not under the feet of Jesus. Can I say that again? There is not one thing in your world, in your life, in your mind, in your heart that is not currently right now under the feet of Jesus. So trust in him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Verse number nine. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Look down at verse number 17. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him, it behooved Jesus, it benefited Jesus, it was good for Jesus to be made like unto his brethren, to you and I, to take on human form so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Now listen to verse number 18. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able also to, what's the word? Sucker them that are tempted. In this world, ye shall have tribulation. Jesus is the one who said that, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Our hope tonight is in Jehovah God. Our hope tonight is in Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our honor because his name, the name that we worship, that name's above every other name. And there are false gods by the millions who will steal from our lives and take from our lives and constantly distort our view and understanding. But if we will daily and consistently recall and remember the reality of our God, who sits in the heavens ruling this world, but didn't just stay in the heavens, who came down from the heavens so that we could know him and understand him. He's not like those idols who are dead and dry and they have ears, but they never hear. No, he came into our world. That's what Hebrews is talking about. He took on our humanity. He, he walked our streets and he let his feet get dirty and he, he let his hands touch sinful man and he, he, he entered our world for one reason, so that he could be our aid, so that he could be our shield, so that he could redeem us. We have a God who invites us to his side, is willing to walk with us through the hardships of life if we will trust in him. We're gonna end with Psalms 115 and verse number 12. Verse number 12, the Bible says this. 
9 through 11 are what we just talked about. Trust thou in the Lord. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. That's 9, 10, and 11. Verse number 12 is where we're gonna end. The Bible says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. The Lord hath been mindful of us. The word mindful there means to remember. I thought of this portion of scripture in my study. Genesis 8, it's in Genesis 8. We're almost done. Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is worthy of praise. He's worthy tonight of our allegiance. He's worthy tonight of our worship. He's worthy tonight of everything that we could ever give him. For he is not a created God, but the creator God. He alone has the power within himself to speak worlds into existence and breathe into our humanity the very breath of life. So it is the least we could do as his redeemed people to take the very breath that he gave us and allow it to reverberate through the heavens as praise to his name. He is our God. Let's trust in him because he is our aid. He is our helper. He is our fortress, our shield. He surrounds us with angel armies for protection all of the time. He took upon human form and walked our streets so that he could know us and understand us and be gentle and patient and kind to us. Verse number 12 says, that's not all though. That God, the God who sits in the heavens, Jehovah God beginning and ending first and last, the great I am. He's mindful of us. That's verse number 12. He's mindful of us. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. I don't know about you, but that promise, it encourages my soul to know that there is a true God and that God right now is seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of his all-powerful, omnipotent God, Father. And, and they, they, they could be Spinning galaxies into existence, I guess, or creating planets. And they could be listening to the shouts of Hosanna and holy, holy, holy. But the psalmist seems to convey the idea that the mind of God is on us. And specifically, he has remembered. We're not going to get into it, but it's the idea of a covenant the nation of Israel, he promised them through Abraham that he would deliver them, that he would send a redeemer. That redeemer is Jesus Christ. Jesus is Jehovah. We stand today in the promise, having experienced and understood the mystery of the power of God. Jesus is Jehovah. He has remembered us. He is mindful of us, and he sent Jesus into this world so that we don't have to fear. We don't have to fret. We can be overcomers if we trust in him. He's our shield. 
He's our protector. He surrounds us night and day, builds encampments and fortresses around us, things that we can't see. If our eyes, like our pastor spoke just Sunday, if our eyes were open, we would see angel armies everywhere guarding our every step. That's the God we serve, a God who is all-powerful, a God who remembers us. Genesis 8, 1, and I'll end with this. There was a great flood. It's the It's the story of Noah and the ark. We tell it in our children's church. There's a great flood and the wrath of God has been poured out on the children of men. Not one person other than Noah and his family and those protected by the grace of the ark were saved. The flood has encapsulated the whole earth. I read it again today, it's amazing. It's very detailed goes over the highest peak, covers the surface of the earth. And then the Bible says this, wrath of God has been poured out on the earth. God could have said, done, over. I'm done working with man. I'm I'm tired of man. Same word in Psalms 115, he has been mindful of us, is the word that's used in Genesis 8. God says this, And God, four words, and God remembered Noah. Oh, child of God, may we we look to the heavens afresh and anew tonight and praise our God for remembering us when we were without hope, when we were lost and undone, chained to the shackles of sin, serving and serving and serving false idols day after day after day. The real God, the great God, the one true God left heaven's holy house and came here because he loves us, because he's mindful of us, because he remembered us in the wrath of God, in the midst of the wrath of God, Jesus Jehovah remembered us on the cross, shouted out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was remembering us. He was living out Jehovah God. He is the promise. He's unlike any other God. He's worthy of our worship tonight. If something has come into your life, if something in the past little while has caused your faith to shift or slip, remember tonight that our hope, our faith, our confidence does not rest in what we see. It rests in an all-powerful, unchanging, unrivaled, never-to-be-defeated Jehovah God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is your Savior. He is your friend as we speak right now. He is encamped around you, protecting you and guarding you and loving you. Let's worship him tonight, not just as we respond to the message, but with our lives. God, we thank you for the time we spent in your word. Thank you for its power. Thank you that we can see, Lord, a psalm that was written thousands of years ago. We can feel, experience, and understand its power in our lives today. That God, they were worshiping Jehovah God. They were looking around at their circumstances and hearing the sneers and the mockery of the world. 
They were saying, where's your God? Where's your God? And their resounding answer was, he's in the heavens where he's always been. He's not moved, he's not changed. We're the ones who do that. But our God is unmoving. He's beginning and ending. He's first and last. He's the greatest. He's unmatched and unrivaled. May we worship you, God, tonight. May we understand that in this world we shall have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. You are able also to succor them, to draw near to them. My specific prayer, God, right now is that you would draw near to some in this room right now, that by your spirit, you would slip beside them in that pew and you would remind them all so gently that you love them, that whatever they think is gonna be their end, it's not their end. I know, Jeremiah said, I know the, the thoughts that God, you think toward me. You're not angry, you're not upset. You're not gonna ruin our lives. You are God and you are good. There's a desired end that you wanna see in us and it's our good. May we worship you tonight. May we worship you tomorrow. Oh God, you're worthy of all praise. You're worthy, God, tonight of our glory. May we adore you with the fruit of our lips, with the work of our hands. I wanna open up the invitation tonight. If you'd like to respond to the preaching of the word of God, then please come down. It's been a joy to be in God's house. I've been encouraged, challenged by his word. We serve Jehovah God tonight. There is nothing impossible with him. He is mindful of us. What he tells us he'll do, he'll do.